Hello and welcome back to ASSE SG Forward, the podcast series dedicated to sustainable and responsible investment brought to you by ASSE SG. As you know, in each episode, we explore the latest trends and developments that are shaping the ESG landscape, and I'm your host, Jean-Charles Guillemin. I'm pleased to be joined today by Brian Colantropo, who is Associate Director and Head of ESG Research Solutions Product at ISSESG. Brian, welcome and thanks for joining this episode. JC, thanks for having me. Today, we are going to talk about biodiversity, which is an increasingly important topic for investors and corporations alike. The 15th meeting of the Conference of the Parties to the Convention on Biological Diversity, aka CBD COP15, was a critical moment for tackling global biodiversity loss by setting a new global biodiversity framework. This conference was hosted by Canada, chaired by China, and following weeks of high-level negotiations, the delegates from 188 governments agreed in December 2022 to a landmark deal to, gui to guide global action in order to protect nature and restore ecosystems. At the time, the proceedings were closely watched by ISSESG and our key takeaways were the following. First, this deal provides a solid framework with measurable goals and targets and an overall commitment to increase global biodiversity and nature-related finance. Second, as a result of the launch of new initiatives such as Nature Action 100, investors are expected to further address biodiversity-related risk in their assessment and engagement strategies. And third, the outcomes of CBD, CBD COP15 will inform country-level actions for the coming years and have significant implications for how business is done around the world. So with that in mind, today's episode will explore the following. Why are investors paying attention to biodiversity? Then what are the most common ways to measure biodiversity impact? And finally, what is BIAT, the Biodiversity Impact Assessment Tool developed by ISS ESG? But before we start, Brian, please tell us more about what you do within ESG Research Solution Product. Thank you, JC. Yes, my name is Brian Colantropo. I head the ESG uh, research solutions product team here at ISS ESG, uh, and we are responsible for bringing to market um, really all of the environmental and social solutions that ISS ESG creates uh, to make incorporating those measures uh, easier for the institutional investment world. Uh, and my team, along with our world-class research and methodology teams, were instrumental uh, in bringing the biodiversity impact assessment tool to market. Great, great. Let's dive in then. Thank you for that. And, and let's start talking about it more, more precisely by asking the key question. Why are investors paying attention to biodiversity today? So JC, I think there are a couple of drivers for why investors are paying attention to biodiversity today. Uh, the first is investors increasingly consider the impact of corporate operations on biodiversity. Companies rely on natural capital across the value chain. Agricultural companies need land to farm. Beverage companies need access to clean water. Uh, and we have a deeper understanding today of the impact of corporate activities on biodiversity than we have in the past. Um, one stat that I like to talk about um, is as of 2020, 15% of the total land area 
of Malaysia was dedicated to palm oil production. So on a percentage basis, that's basically the size of Texas, California, and Montana combined. So if there's a need or a desire to increase production, do we simply clear cut more forest and roll New Mexico into that equation? Uh, or do we implement more sustainable palm oil practices? These are the types of questions that investors are asking and engaging companies on. So that's the first piece. The second part is the regulatory side of this. Article 29 of the French Law on Energy and Climate requires investors to measure their alignment with international biodiversity goals, like COP15 that you mentioned, and have a strategy for reducing biodiversity impacts. And that's a big deal, and it's not a small undertaking for the investment community. Um, you know, I won't get too into the weeds from a regulatory standpoint, but SFDR and the EU taxonomy also have provisions for biodiversity. And while slightly different, we're also expecting the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures to offer its final recommendation in September of 2023. So there's, there's certainly a lot of movement in that space. Definitely. Definitely, and, and that's really a great insight to, uh, to put things in perspective because the landscape is really, uh, the regulatory landscape is moving fast and uh, everybody's trying to, to catch up. So maybe if we move a little bit to the, to the next one, the next point, which is more about how to measure biodiversity impact, the different ways, because we can all hear about new acronyms, acronyms sorry, coming up, such as PDF or MSA and so on, but what do they mean concretely? What do they measure and how do they differ? Certainly. So as you mentioned, the two most accepted ways to measure biodiversity impact today are potentially disappeared fraction of species or PDF and mean species abundance or MSA. Um, and like you mentioned, I'll apologize ahead of time for using all the abbreviations, but PDF looks at potential loss of species richness due to environmental pressures relative to an undisturbed ecosystem. Uh, and we say species richness that refers to the number of unique species in an area. So overall, a larger PDF indicates a higher level of biodiversity impact. Uh, alternatively, mean species abundance or MSA shows the mean abundance of original species relative to their abundance in an undisturbed ecosystem. And in this case, uh, kind of the inverse of PDF, a higher value would equate to a more pristine state. And that's probably the easiest way to to think about PDF and MSA together. Thank you, thank you. That that's very uh, very interesting. Maybe if we put that in perspective vis-à-vis -vis BIAT, the Biodiversity Impact Assessment Tool developed by ASSESG, could you could you run us through a little bit how the tool works, how much value it adds to clients and and and, and companies, and and perhaps illustrate this also with some practical examples that would be very valuable. Thanks. Sure. Um, the biodiversity impact assessment tool, first and foremost, is designed to help investors understand potential biodiversity impact of investment portfolios by providing access to both the measures that I previously mentioned, PDF and MSA, uh, and transparency down into the underlying information and the, the drivers of potential biodiversity loss. So we provide overall PDF and MSA, but also a very deep data set that allows clients to understand the activities that drive potential biodiversity loss, the regions in which biodiversity loss happens, and the environmental midpoints that account for loss. 
there's a tremendous amount of modeling that is needed to get to this data, which I won't go through today, um, but this allows us to glean a tremendous amount of insight into biodiversity impact. Uh, and a couple of examples, as, as you mentioned, um, we were recently looking at a paper and forest products company that we categorize as having a high impact from a biodiversity standpoint. Uh, and I'll talk about impact shortly. Uh, but from this analysis and from the data set, we can see that operations in Brazil are the largest driver of potential biodiversity loss. These operations account for almost 75% of the company's biodiversity impact. So we don't need a deep understanding of biodiversity or environmental science to understand the fragility of the environmental ecosystem in Brazil. We can then take a further step into the midpoint that is driving that loss. And perhaps unsurprisingly, it's almost entirely driven by land transformation. So taking these pristine forests for pulp production. That is a fairly basic example where we provide insight into a company and provide access to underlying drivers, which allow us to compare two companies or gain visibility at the portfolio level. Previously, I also mentioned the classification factor. Uh, we have added what we call an impact classification factor to the data set with the goal really of simplifying all of the analysis that our clients would have to do that lands us at a very simple question or answers a very simple question, which is what is the overall impact of this company? Uh, and it's on a scale of uh, very low to very high impact. And we can use these factors in a variety of ways. Uh, we can use it to determine what an industry looks like at a high level or what percentage of a portfolio is high impact, for example. And we did some quick analysis looking at the S&P 500. Uh, and there are a few industries where we see consolidation within a single classification. So all 13 names in the food production industry, for example, are considered to be very high from a biodiversity impact standpoint. Uh, the three companies in integrated oil and gas, for example, also very high. Uh, alternatively, the two companies in road transportation are considered very low. Uh, so this data set is extremely flexible and allows for an array of analytical use cases. Thank you. It looks really like a like a powerful solution to uh, to to quantify to start getting some uh, some proper uh, visibility and granularity on uh, on these particular assessment, which is uh, which is not easy to uh, to introduce. Thank you very much for 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 that insight. Thank you, Brian. It was a, it was a pleasure to to have you today, and to get these perspectives. And uh, because we all appreciate that. Uh, biodiversity is a complex but fascinating topic, and uh, and we are just at the beginning of this particular journey on the, from an ESG perspective. So thank you for that. Dear listeners, for more details on this episode and on the BIAT, on the Biodiversity Impact Assessment Tool, please go to iss-esg.com. That's it for now. Thank you for tuning in.